click drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time now here's your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be on with you today praise be to god good morning to you Going to have a great show lined up. Planned Parenthood whistleblower turned Hispanic pro-life leader details clinic corruption, intimidation, and some horrific details. It really changed her life. It brought her back to Holy Mother Church and and a conversion experience for her. And we're going to be talking to her today. Her name is Myra Rodriguez. Rodriguez. We we interviewed her last week. We sat down with her. And uh, we shared that interview in its fullness with our CDT Insider on the email list, uh, which is a, a great reason why you ought to be on our email list, which you can find linked up on our website, by the way. Uh, but today we're going to play at least a good chunk of it for you in this hour, starting at 35 past the hour. At uh, 15 past the hour, there are a few stories I want to cover in the What's Concerning Us uh, section of the show to include more vaccination requirements to receive the sacraments up in Canada. Yeah, we thought that went away. It didn't. It's back. I'll be covering that today on the show. Also, a fashion show in the sanctuary? Really? There was no other space on campus that you could do this? Well, we're going to cover that story. And embracing paganism at Holy Mass? What are we doing? Who is in charge of this? Let's have a conversation about that coming up at 15 past the hour. Speaking of things that are inexplicable, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. In spite of it all? In spite of it all. Because of it all. Because of it all. Absolutely. Praise God had given us the, uh, the grace to be born in this time to be able to fight for his glory. Amen. Praise amen. be to Jesus. Uh, oh, that puts a smile on my face. Yay and amen. We get an opportunity to uh, to cover some difficult stories today, shed light into the darkness. But here's a good question. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna poke the bear a little bit. Are you ready? Uh oh. Is there a reasonable hope that all are saved? Hmm. Sounds like a hint toward the Bible passage for today. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, today's gospel passage is particularly nice. We're going to cover that coming up. One here of my in a favorites. Moment. Yeah. And then I guess you've picked out uh, a reasonable saint for the day. Very Irish. Very Irish. Very Irish. So our friends, our Irish uh, descendants here in the States, or maybe Irish people in Ireland listening, because we know we're online as well, uh, can hear about this great Irish have, saint. Have you practiced your Gaelic? I'm just curious. I actually speak fluish, fluent Gaelic fluish. now. Uh, yes, that's why I struggle <laughs> with English now, because I became fluent in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> Uh, praise be to God. That's hilarious. All right. Well, uh, I, it's going to be a good show. Nonetheless, in spite of it all, we're going to have a great time today on the program. As I said, uh, Myra Rodriguez, a whistleblower from Planned Parenthood, is going to be sharing a bit of her story, her <laughs> somewhat gruesome story, but it led to her reversion back to Holy Mother Church. So it is very inspiring as well. That's coming up 35 past the hour. We'll do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. I have breaking news and stories for you coming up right now. And then, of course, we will have a What's Concerning Us all coming up this hour. If you can join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. We play our game, Fear and Trembling, in the second hour, and we give out prizes, and it's a lot of fun. 
Now, if you're not able to tune in via the radio, praise be to God, uh, you can always hang out with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or one of our live video feeds over on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, and we're on Odyssey. Praise be to God, we're on Odyssey. Uh, So that is how you do that. Let's pray. Let's jump in. Let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world today before it's too late, right? Let's also pray for a restoration of fidelity to Holy Mother Church and her mission to save souls, especially in the hierarchy, but also in your home and my home too. And uh, let's pray for a, a strengthening of the faith worldwide. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines. Epic Times reports... California In-N-Out Burger shut down permanently for refusing to check customers' vaccination status. LifeSite News reports two D.C. police officers say they were forced to have an abortion or lose their job. In a community meeting October the 19th, Assistant Police Chief Chanel Dickerson stated that when she was a cadet in the Metropolitan Police Department training program in 1988, she was told to abort her child or be removed from the force. On October the 20th, another woman came forward and accused the force of giving her the same ultimatum in 1997. In addition to the coerced abortion, the suit alleges that when the plaintiffs cooperated with an internal investigation looking into the conduct of one of their superiors, they were met with retaliation and abuse after the department broke protocol and allowed him to read their statements against him. The Washington Examiner reports anti-cancel culture platforms rumble and locals combine to take on big tech. Two major alternative social media platforms focused on free speech and data uh, portability, YouTube rival Rumble and content subscription service Locals will combine forces Tuesday to provide online users a new way to interact and make money without fear of being canceled. The two platforms will keep their own websites but share their online communities and data operations to allow users to enjoy a host of new features while promising few content restrictions and higher margins for content creators than offered by big tech platforms such as Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. The Washington Free Beacon is reporting Loudoun County protests. Rapists students walk out over the uh, the trans bathroom rape cover-up. Did you hear that? Students are walking out of their schools over there. Hundreds of Loudoun County, Virginia public school students walked out after news broke that the district covered up a rape committed in a woman's bathroom by a, quote, gender fluid, unquote, student. Local media showed pictures of student walkouts at multiple Loudoun County high schools. The Washington Free Free Beacon has reported that the district superintendent knew about a rape committed at Stonebridge High School, even as he said the district had no, quote, record of assaults occurring in our restrooms, unquote. The rape was committed back on May the 28th by a 14-year-old boy who wore a skirt and said he was, quote, gender fluid, unquote, to gain access to the girl's bathroom. 
The male suspect was found guilty this month on sexual assault charges. The perpetrator was already arrested in July, but released and transferred to Broad Run, where this month he assaulted yet another student. Superintendent Scott Ziegler sent an email about the incident on the same day it occurred. The Loudoun County School Board in August approved a series of rule changes to allow students to use bathrooms based on gender identity rather than biological sex. The Blaze reports Biden administration again rejects Texas's request for federal reimbursement for costs of responding to border crisis. More than one million illegal immigrants have made their way into the United States since President Joe Biden took office. And that figure is on pace to surpass two million by the end of 2021. The Biden administration's Federal Emergency Management Agency rejected Abbott's request to cover the cost that Texas has borne to stem the tide of illegal immigration and this week doubled down by rejecting the governor's appeal of FEMA's original denial. Abbott first asked FEMA for help in a letter dated September the 20th. FEMA denied his request, so Abbott appealed the decision. FEMA administration... FEMA administrator Deanne Criswell responded Sunday with a letter that again denied Abbott's request to recognize the ongoing emergency at the border. All of this while ICE seems to be arresting fewer illegal immigrants these days. Nearly 72,000 arrests were made in fiscal year 2021, which was down from 104,000 arrests made in 2020. An average of 148,000 arrests were reportedly made from the years 2017 through 2019. That's a significant drop, and those are your headline news. The saint of the day is St. Aldrin of Iona. He was born around the year 500, and uh, his Latinization of his name is Aderon. He served as abbot of the Irish monastery of Tyfarnaham in Maith and founded another abbey at Laterog in the county of Tipperary. Although little is known about his life, he is described as noble and without sin. He was later to leave Ireland with 11 others to accompany the Irish missionary priest St. Columba on his sea journey to the Scottish island of Iona, where the the latter subsequently founded the the renowned Iona monastic colony. Shortly after their arrival, Otterin sensed his own death drawing near and predicted that he would be the first monk to die on the island. Upon hearing this, Columba, thinking ahead to his own death, replied, Whoever makes a request at my burial place shall not get it until he prays to you as well. After taking leave of Otterin and giving him his blessing, Columba stepped outside where he experienced a vision of angels battling with demons as the soul of his friend Otterin was born to heaven. Columba learned that Otterin had in fact died just then, and Iona's cemetery grew around Otterin's burial plot. He died in 548. St. Otterin of Iona, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went, and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. 
After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, you all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, When the Almighty casts, off, casts any off, he is said not to know them, in the same manner as a lover of truth may be said not to know how to tell a falsehood, being withheld powerfully from it by his love of truth. St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. A reasonable hope for all to be saved. Hmm, I think it's a good, uh, you know, nice, uh, you know, flaw, fluffy idea that no matter what happens, we're all going to be saved because God is merciful, right? Well, God is merciful, that's true, but he's also just. So it's a balancing act between these two things. And uh, isn't his justice mercy in the end? But here's what Haydock's commentary said today. Our Lord answers here in the affirmative that the number of those who are saved is very small. For a few only can enter by the narrow gate. Therefore, does he say, according to St. Matthew, uh, narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there are that enter therein. This does not contradict what is said in the eighth chapter of St. Matthew, that many shall come from the east and sit down in the kingdom of God, for many indeed shall join the blessed company of the angels, but when considered with the number of the slain, they will appear but few. Do you get that? Did you hear that? Are you letting that sink in? Here's also what it says. These words are addressed particularly to the Jews because Christ was born of them according to the flesh, ate and drank with them and taught publicly in their streets, but they apply to us Christians also. For we eat the body of Christ and drink his blood when each day we approach the mystical table, we hear him teaching us in the streets of our souls. We have something to ponder today. The time of mercy is going to come to an end. I say this almost every day. And the time of judgment will be upon us. Let us live as though eternity matters and is real. But let us help our neighbor too. Let us be charitable to them. Wake them up from their slumber before it's too late. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Myra Rodriguez is going to be our guest in conversation. We're going to be talking about the fact that she was a whistleblower against Planned Parenthood. She worked for them, managed the clinic, and uh, had a profound experience there that led to her reversion back to Holy Mother Church. So it's going to be inspiring, but yet at the same time, it's a bit gruesome, too, um, because of the nature of what they do at Planned Parenthood. And uh, that conversation, again, is coming up 35 past this hour. Stick around for that. There are a few stories, as I like to say, that are concerning to me, at the very least, I'm sure to many, many others. Um, For one, out of Canada, we've talked about this in the past. I thought we had some good news there uh, when... An archbishop decided he was going to, you know, turn back the rule that he put in place that would require vaccinations in order to receive the Holy Sacraments. Well, I thought that was a good day, uh, the, the, uh, the bishop in Moncton, uh, Canada. Praise be to God. But yet this morning I saw a brand new story out of the National Catholic Register. The headline goes, Canadian Diocese Requires COVID-19 Vaccination to Attend Mass. Here we go again. Here we go again. Um, here's a little bit of the article. A Catholic diocese in Canada will be requiring proof of vaccination and identity verification for anyone age 12 or older to attend mass or other events held at parishes. Quote, effective October the 22nd, 2021, it will be mandatory for all persons 12 and older wishing to attend masses or services in our churches to demonstrate proof of vaccination by using the vaccine passport NL Vax Pass or by showing proof of vaccination by presenting their QR code before entering our churches, unquote, said an October the 15th letter from Bishop Robert Anthony Daniels of Grand Falls to the priests and pastoral leaders of the diocese. The Diocese of Grand Falls is located in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Its territory is approximately half of the island of Newfoundland. The province enacted its vaccine passport system October the 22nd, requiring residents to download an app and present proof of vaccination to enter non-essential businesses. Hmm. Is the Holy Mass non-essential? Well, therein lies the question. Well, here's what the article says. Houses of worship, along with yoga studios, hair salons, 
bowling alleys, wedding receptions, indoor restaurants, bingo halls, bars, and hockey arenas are all locations where proof of vaccination is required. So right there is a big, huge red flag, at least for me. And what do I know? But the house of worship, at the very least, is on the same uh, line, the same par with yoga studios, bars, bingo halls, and this is acceptable to to His Excellency? How is this even a thing? I mean, good for you, dear local health officials, that you've decided this, but we aren't participating today. It's a simple response. It doesn't require a lot of forethought, but the Holy Mass is a gift of, of God to humanity. It is his mercy to us to allow us to be mystically present at the foot of the cross, there to see our Lord and Savior suffer and die for our our sins, that we might have a chance to obtain heaven, because too few enter the gate, you know. We just read that in the gospel. And we're going to pretend as though it's uh, not essential? It's definitely essential. There's that. There's definitely that. The article goes on to say, those who have recently turned 12 will have a three-month grace period. Could you imagine your 12th birthday and you are worried about getting your vax pass in time? Oh, my heavens. To receive a COVID-19 vaccination uh, before being subject to the vaccine passport system at churches. Well, you got three months. Per Bishop Daniel's letter... Those wishing to attend Mass in the diocese have to download the NL Vax Pass app or print out a physical copy of their vaccine QR code to show the ushers before they can enter the church. A different app, the NL Vax Verify, will be used to be used by the ushers and greeters or other volunteers to verify vaccination status upon entry. Do you want that job? I wonder. Are you a, an usher? or a greeter at your parish, and would you want the job of verifying that the person coming through the doors has their vaccination status? Are you prepared for that? Is that something you're looking forward to? Uh, do you want to be put into that, that moment of conflict where you're going to be the one to deny these people access to the sacraments because they don't have vaccination status? Once vaccination status is verified, a person will then have to show an identification card to go to mass. For anyone 19 or older, this must be a photo identification. This is insane. This is utterly insane. Now, uh, the article, I'm going to skip for a little bit here, says uh, the bishop noted that in certain cases where it will be a burden for those attending to provide proof, churches may allow entry with restrictions for pastoral reasons. Examples of these situations include funerals, weddings, he noted, but not, not Sunday obligated mass, communion. How about confession? Or is that regulated too? Or are you moving confessions out to the parking lot to ensure that all human beings properly disposed can receive the sacrament? Hmm. Despite the implementation of the vaccine passport, capacity at masses in the Diocese of Grand Falls is still limited to 50%. Congressional singing is prohibited. Praise be to God, that's probably a good thing. Uh, clergy and parishioners must wear non-medical masks at all times. Physical distancing is required, and all who enter the church must write down their information for potential contact tracing. Oh, my. I, 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 I don't even know where to begin. I don't even—it's just so 
Orwellian and overwhelming to see that the solution is worse than the problem. The disproportionate response to this is mind-numbing. But put that to the side for a second. We're talking about sacraments, mystical, miraculous realities that give us God's actual grace. And we are afraid of the atoms and the molecules and the bacteria and the diseases and the viruses that are creations, not the creator. At what point do we just decide supernatural grace is the order of the day? Supernatural faith and courage is the order of the day. Does that mean I want super spreader events? No, it does not mean that. But where there's a will, there is a way. And it boggles the mind that we are continuing to see examples where you have to have a vaccination in order to receive the sacraments. Nowhere in sacred scripture the gospel, patrimony, tradition of the church, early church fathers, anywhere else are you going to find this sort of draconian measure when it comes to the, to the sacraments. St. Charles Borromeo, dealing with the plague, what did he do? He said mass outside and ensured his priests still gave communion to those suffering with the plague because it's that important. It's that important. It is mind-boggling to me. You can read more of this story on the National Catholic Register's website, Let's turn to something uh, Brother Adrian shared with me yesterday. This is video uh, of a fashion show that is taking place in a parish in, in Puerto Rico. Right, Adrian? That is correct. Could it is, uh, now, for those depressing. of you who can't see because you're listening on radio, uh, let me just describe what I'm seeing right now. This is a little. Blessed. This is a video clip of someone attending a uh, a fashion show that's taking place in the sanctuary at a Catholic church in Puerto Rico, and there are women processing up and down the main aisle in various forms of fa- air quotes fashion here, and some are more scantily clad than others. But here's the question: Why is it okay? Why would Catholics believe that this is acceptable to hold a fashion show? Let's just say for the sake of the argument that it's, that it's a good cause. They're raising funds for a good cause. Do you know what the cause is, by the way, Adrian? Yes, I believe it was for uh, Victims Against Violence, I think is the name of it. But it wasn't even for the parish or for a Catholic cause. It was a secular charity group. I'm okay with raising money for victims for violence. I had no issue with that. Uh, but was there no space elsewhere? I mean... How about the, uh, the parish hall? Most parishes, this looks like a, uh, by the looks of this uh, church, they look, they looks like they probably could afford a very nice parish hall. I mean, uh, this marble floors, it's a very well-appointed, you know, church. It looks like they spent some money on the place, so they, I'm sure they have a very nice parish hall. Was that not available? How about the hotel downtown? Was, was the hotel ballroom not available? Or how about the, 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 how about outside? the court? You know, the, the, the courthouse. Was the courthouse not available? Was the Protestant church not available? Was, uh, yeah, outside not available? Maybe the weather was bad. Who knows? They could have put up a tent. I don't know. But either way, is it okay and acceptable that we would want to use the holy space where the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where again we are mystically present, is it okay for us to do that in that space. 
I feel like this is a violation of something sacred. It's making sacrilege. Not because they weren't trying to do a good thing, but because just because one wants to do a good thing does not therefore make it okay to create sacrilege. It's, it's very troubling to me. It's very, very what, concerning to me. Here's another one. Uh, this is a video about a synodal mass in San Bernardino. This is uh, a packed mass. We're looking at video here of uh, wall-to-wall, packed, praise be to God, everybody at mass, I love that. But there is a man who's leading the procession into Holy Mass uh, who ha- happens to be someone performing some sort of pagan ritual. He is uh, someone of indigenous culture, and he is performing something uh, uh, of, a, of a liturgical practice of his pagan worship. And then this continues throughout this Mass, the Synodal Mass. How is this also okay? You know, I thought back, when I, when I heard this story, I thought back of Abraham, and how God called Abraham, in the book of Genesis, God called Abraham from what? His tribe. From among his people. From among his paganism. He <laughs> called him out of his tribal paganism. To bring him into God's plan for salvation. And according to tradition, Abraham, whenever he saw his, uh, he went back to his father and saw his, his father, according to tradition, was an idol maker. So he made idols to false gods. Yeah. And he went and destroyed them all and then put a stick into the hand of the biggest idol there. And when his dad came home freaking out, he, they told him, oh, yeah, no, 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 it wasn't me. It was this idol that destroyed all of them. And his dad was like, what are you talking about? Idols can't do that. He's like, exactly. And exactly. why do you worship them? You know, and then, of course, we know that God called uh, Moses to go and lead the people out of slavery in Egypt after 430 years. And they did what? They turned their hearts back to the pagan practices of Egypt in Exodus 32 and worshipped a golden calf and committed fornication and idolatry. And they were condemned because of it. Too few enter the narrow gate. Should we be embracing that which God called us out of? No! Why don't we stop with the experimentations? Why don't we put an end to all of the shenanigans, embrace God's will for our life, embrace Christ Jesus and his economy of salvation through Holy Mother Church and the sacraments. That is charity for neighbor. Truth is charity because it's a person. We'll be right back. Breaking news stories coming up next. First John 2.27 reads, You have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing, the Holy Spirit that is, teaches you about everything. Sounds pretty Protestant, doesn't it? No living teaching authority and just me and the Holy Spirit? Was John Protestant? Absolutely not. And here are some reasons why. First, John can't be rejecting a living teaching authority because in 1 John 4, 6, he instructs his readers that the apostles' teaching is the criterion for discerning truth from error. So what does John mean? He's warning his readers against false teachers. In 1 John 2, 19, he writes, Some went out from us, but they were not of us. If false teachers, well, then there must be true teachers. Sure, the Spirit teaches Christians the truth, but He does so through the living teaching authority, not apart from it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. The Blaze reports boxing superstar Floyd Mayweather offers support for Kyrie Irving's decision to remain unvaccinated. He says, quote, stand for something or fall for anything, unquote. The Post Millennial reports judge rules mob members shot by Kyle Rittenhouse cannot be called victims in court. On Monday, a Wisconsin judge ruled that Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team will be allowed to refer to the teen's shooting victims as, quote, rioters, looters, or arsonists during the upcoming trial. Kenosha County Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder and his decision came after the prosecutors argued that the pejorative terms to describe the three victims should be banned. According to Insider, The term victim is commonly banned during court trials across the country because it implies that a crime was committed and could therefore prejudice a jury against the defendant. Schroeder also noted that prosecutors are allowed to use equally harsh language to refer to Rittenhouse, such as cold-blooded killer, as they provide evidence to back up those terms. Fox News reports Pentagon confirms nearly 450 Americans trapped in Afghanistan. The Pentagon stated Tuesday that nearly 450 American citizens are still in Afghanistan following the U.S. military withdrawal, more than the Biden administration has previously claimed. The latest tally came under Undersecretary Defense uh, for Policy Call and Call after Senator Jim Imhoff from Oklahoma pointed to what he believed was contradictory or at least confusing numbers that the administration has presented since the August 31st withdrawal. Einhoff noted that the Biden administration, quote, always said 100 to 200 U.S. citizens left in Afghanistan, unquote. But now it says, quote, has already withdrawn 234 and it's it's in contact with 363 others. That's 176 of whom want to leave, citing the numbers the State Department provided last week. So this total of 439 Americans still in Afghanistan is up from 363 that was reported last week. Axios reports FDA panel endorses Pfizer vaccine for 5 to 11-year-olds. The final vote was 17 members in favor with one member abstaining. The advisory committee continuously referred to its in its discussion back to the potential risk-benefit analysis for vaccinating kids, particularly considering the small increased risk of heart inflammation called myocarditis. That was particularly the case due to declining COVID-19 case rates nationwide in recent weeks, as well as potentially as many as 40% of children who may have already had some immunity due to previous infection. Officials said they believe the modeling may overestimate the risks for myocarditis, but several panel members pointed out the lingering questions about the actual rate. Several advisory board members indicated they were concerned about approving the vaccine for all children in the age group because potential mandates could come down based on their vote. 
The National Catholic Register reports, as I talked about in the What's Concerning Us section today, Canadian diocese requires COVID-19 vaccinations to attend Mass. A Catholic diocese in Canada will be requiring proof of vaccination and identity verification for anyone age 12 or older to attend Mass or other events held at parishes. The Diocese of Grand Falls is located in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Its territory is approximately half the island of the Newfoundland. The province enacted its vaccine passport system on October the 22nd, requiring residents to download an app and present proof of vaccination to enter, quote, non-essential businesses, unquote. Houses of worship, along with yoga studios, hair salons, uh, bowling alleys, wedding receptions, indoor restaurants, bingo halls, bars, hockey arenas, and other uh, locations are all required to have proof of vaccination. Per Bishop Daniel's letter, those wishing to attend Mass in the diocese will have to download the NLVAX app, Pass app if you want the sacraments. And those are your headline news. Joining us via Zoom chat right now is uh, Myra Rodriguez, a former Planned Parenthood whistleblower turned Hispanic pro-life leader. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Myra. You got Good un- morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive and that counts. How are you? I'm alive too, and we're here, and we're fighting for the unborn, right? Amen, amen. Praise be to God. So let's talk about your story, uh, Planned Parenthood whistleblower. You're from Mexico. Tell us, uh, 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 how did you get involved with Planned Parenthood? You worked for them for a long time. You were Employee of the Year. Tell us about the story. Well, yes. So let's start with saying that I was born in Mexico City. I moved to the United States when I was only 18 years of age with a tourist visa. And then after that, you know, not having a working visa, you know, you have limitations, right? And I did like the healthcare. So then one day my friend was like, you know, Planned will hire you. They don't care, right? They don't care <laughs> about the work visa, the work permit, right? Wow. And, and they help women, right? That's what she said. And then um, I got there and I'm going to be honest with you. I knew hardly anything about Planned Parenthood, but they were helping women, right? I remember one question, which was, so what do you think about abortion? And I said, well, I wouldn't have one. I'm Catholic, raised Catholic, born Catholic from Mexico City. You can imagine our lady of Guadalupe right. is her patroness. So um, I was like, I wouldn't have one. But if someone else does, that's her body and that's her choice. A phrase that I learned here in high school, right? In my high school in Scottsdale, Arizona. So uh, I started working for them in non-abortion clinics. And I was defending them. I truly believe in their mission. I truly believe that they were helping women. Mm. You know, and I was a devoted employee and loyal, and I worked harder than anyone because they opened the door to the American dream for me, right? I mean, who else gave um, undocumented person the, the chance to work in what they always dream of, which was the medical field? And I know what I said when I say what they always dream of. It's not like we dream of working for an abortion clinic, you know, right. an abortion center, but it was to help women, you know, in the medical field. And I was working mostly in clinics that did uh, preventive care, right? I mean, I was so loyal to them that they sent me in 2017, if you recall, when Trump was about to remove title from them, uh, a bunch of people in um, lobbying in Congress in D.C. And I was there with Cecile Richards, you know, because that's how loyal I was. They chose me to go there to fight for Title 10, which was a government assistance program that they received. And then... I was so loyal that they gave me Employee of the Year Award in 2016, and after that it came Myra. You're ready to be the director of the of the abortion clinic, the biggest abortion clinic in the state of Arizona, and that's where my story began. That's how I got to Planned Parenthood. 
Wow, that's where your story begins. Oh, that's a heck of a ride just to get to that point. I could imagine, though, uh, that there there was some uh, difficulty internally, uh, emotionally, maybe spiritually or psychologically, even at this stage of your journey uh, with participating in in abortion. Um, you must have seen the effect of abortion on these on these women that are coming in and out of these clinics. You know, when you're working in these centers, it's very easy to excuse everything, right? I got to see women before being the director of the abortion clinic. I got to see the women either before or after the abortion, right? So it's very easy to excuse whatever you see Mm. to something else, right? Until you're there. I can promise you whatever. I mean, this is why so many people are so blindsided by Planned Parenthood and other abortionists, because it's very hard to see the truth unless you're inside. Right. So when I became the director of the abortion clinic and I started seeing what everyone else was talking about, and I was like, no, no, that's not true, right? Because they tell you that, right? Something comes up on the news, the platform is very quick to send their employees a memo saying, whatever you hear is not true, we're telling you the truth, right? Just trust us, right? So then you're like, oh, okay, was it true? Was I blind? Yes, of course. I'm justifying myself that I was blindsided because I was being selfish. You know, I had the American dream. I had a job, I had um, uh, medical benefits, I have other benefits I couldn't have without being there, right? So in a way, it's like you don't want to see what you shouldn't see, so then that way you're comfortable working there, right? But then I became the director of abortion pain, and I saw what? The complications go under the rug. The abortion is that didn't care for women, right? That to him, it was just a business. It was just numbers. It was just, I have to see 35 to 40 patients a day, and in 15 minutes, each patient, right? Less than even a dentist takes to tell you which molar he should take out, right? Wow. The dentist will take longer explaining you what tooth he should remove than the abortion is removing a baby from the womb. So in this case, you know, I start seeing the perforations go unreported. And why? Why is that so important? I always make sure that people understand why is it so important for a doctor to report the complications? Because this is where statistics come from, you know? Our statistics come from the responsibility of these doctors, scientists, whatever, reporting. So we know how bad abortion can be to women. If they're not reporting them, this is why you hear people say, statistics says that only these many women get hurt, right? Well, they're not being reported. And then I saw a statutory rate, right? Minors go pregnant by adults and not being reported. And I reported all this, you know, I was like, okay, I'm the loyal manager, you know, they want me to catch this, right? Like, maybe they don't know he's doing this, right? So I have to speak up, I have to tell them. Mm. Yeah, that did not go well. Um, We're talking with Myra Rodriguez. She's a former Planned Parenthood uh, clinic manager, employee of the year, and a whistleblower against Planned Parenthood. I want to reiterate something you just said, Myra, uh, about how you felt the need to ensure that all perforations were reported. Um, We have seen many times, especially where we are here in our studio, is just down the street from the largest abortion clinic in the United States, for sure, some say the Western Hemisphere, and rivals the largest in the world. Um, we've seen ambulances show up at that door, on the back door, because they don't want anybody seeing it or press re- reporting it. And they've had to uh, get Freedom of Information Act uh, filed to get the copies of the 911 calls. And these women go in there for abortions, and they're fighting for their lives coming out because of these preparations.
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. and they're fighting for their lives coming out because of these preparations. How often did that occur in your time as Planned Parenthood clinic manager? Daily. Daily? This was happening daily. And, and, and let me explain to you that this is the ones that you actually get to see, right? Because there's the women that they know what, no one knows they were perforated. Not even the doctor can tell that he perforated. Why? Because this is a blinded surgery. He can't see what he's doing. You know, so obviously he cannot see when they're perforating. They cannot see the scars that they leave women after their abortion and their years when they scrape them to make sure everything was out. You know, they can't see that. So obviously some of them go unreported just because no one knew. You know, it's when that woman takes forever to get healed, that keeps bleeding, that keeps having really bad cramps, that keeps having really bad pain, and they keep telling her, oh, this is normal. Also, women get more pain than others. Also, women bleed more than others. Oh, it's normal for you to take six months to recover from this abortion. You know, and that probably she had a perforation. The perforations we have heard of is because women couldn't take the pain anymore, either go to the emergency room or they bleed so much that they can stop it. There's perforations that are not that big. They still happen. Wow. And um, how serious and life-threatening are those perforations for these women? Very. I mean, a woman can can lose their life. And not also, it's about life-threatening. This is the reason why some of them can get pregnant after. You know, it's scarring on their on their euros after that perforation when it heals. You know, that prevents them sometimes from getting pregnant again. So we're not only talking about these women uh, losing their life, right, but even losing the chance to become mothers again. We're talking with Myra Rodriguez, a former Planned Parenthood Employee of the Year, a clinic manager, and now a whistleblower to uh, to what's going on behind the scenes over there at Planned Parenthood. Now, what was the what? So, was this the issue that began to turn for you, where you you decided that you needed to let the world know about what's going on? How did you go from managing the clinic and being Employee of the Year to pro life? How does that transformation work? So basically, how did I go from being the loyal? 
employee to their enemy, right? Right. So, well, when I reported all this, uh, I mean, the case that was a drop, right? Like, there's always something, you know, that spills the that spills the, the the glass, right? And the last drop was there was a 19 year old girl that was 14 weeks pregnant, and the doctor performed the abortion and left the head inside. The system told Holy him, smoke. "Hey, we're missing." I mean, this is the part where the systems go into that uh, prototype conception room, also known as the POC room, to put that puzzle together of the baby, right? Making sure everything's there. And the assistant comes back and says, "You're missing the head." And he says, "Look everywhere." And he was refusing to check for it. He sent them to check everywhere, and he was moving on. Right? Remember, I told you at the beginning, he wants to take ten to fifteen minutes on each patient. So he wanted to move on. It was Sunday. He wants to go home, and then the assistant goes into my office and. She was crying and she was very worried about it. And she said, you know, I already told him he's missing the head. He's not listening. I know I could get fired, but I had to tell you. So I go in the back and get into an argument with the doctor. And then um, I tell him, you know, it seems that you're missing the head. And he says, go look for it in the trash. That right there, referring to a baby, 14 week head as trash. Just if it was another piece of gauze, another trash from what he had done you know, and, and not caring about it, you know. After the argument, he decided to finally agree to perform an ultrasound and find the head right above an IUD that he had already inserted. So if it wasn't from the pressure of the employees uh, telling him to go back, that patient would have gone home, that 19-year-old would have gone home and probably died from a septicemia, from the baby parts being inside her, left there with an IUD, which would have prevented her from expulsing the head. He refused to document the chart because he will falsify patient charts, meaning nothing that happened in the room will be documented in their chart. You know, the charts always look like abortion done without complications. So I left the clinic, called my supervisor, said, that's it, no more. I'm not going to stand by this. I'm not going to stay quiet. I will go to whatever I need to go, but this will not keep going on. That got me fired, as you can imagine. That loyal employee was now a threat to Plum Parliament. And I got fired. So with the help of uh, a lot of people in the in the pro-life community, people that were praying outside my former clinic, um, I found my lawyer, Tim Casey, and you know I took my case to him and I explained my situation, the undocumented part, remember? And he said, you have rights, we're gonna defend him. We started a lawsuit against Plum Parenthood as a, for um, raw termination as a whistleblower protection act. Wow. wow. Yeah, that is, you know, one of the arguments that we hear all the time is my body, my choice. And as you're talking about, you know, the description of this doctor telling us to go look in a trash can for the head of this baby. I just can't imagine how how someone can continue to make such an argument. My body, my choice, when clearly the body of the child is the one most devastated by the, the abortion and uh, so this was the, the thing that changed everything for you? Well, yeah. I mean, remember for many years I worked in clinics that had nothing to do with abortion. I was in clinics that were preventing, you know, I was, I thought I was doing my part preventing abortion and unwanted pregnancies, right? That's what I call them, unwanted pregnancy, mm-hmm. right? By being in the preventive care, you know, I mean, my being blind was so comfortable for me, right? Because my personal life was like, oh, I have benefits. Like, remember, I have the American dream. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, these women that say, oh, it's my body, my choice. It's just that same thing, you know? It just, you don't want to see what you have to see just because it's comfortable. 
right? Making excuses, saying, oh, it doesn't have any feelings yet. Oh, he's better dead than being coming to this world. All those are excuses to just be selfish, to be honest, you know, like, it is a selfish act because then you just think of yourself and they're not even thinking of themselves, right? Because women get hurt with abortion, so they're not even thinking of themselves. They're just thinking of that moment. And I did that for many years. I thought of that moment. You know, I have a, a salary. I can take care of my children. I can take, I can provide. I can help, you know. And then I'm undocumented and I still have a good job, right? I don't have to work babysitting or cleaning houses or, or stuff like some of my... Um, other people have to do because unfortunately that's all that sometimes we can aim for right so we just justify and that's what human beings do right we justify our our acts our selfish acts just so we can um, have what we think will be a better life you know i think it's really really important the making the point about the selfishness of the act because i mean sometimes we get kind of antsy and we like don't want to say point out the obvious but that abortion is self-worship it's it's uh, sacrificing your child at the altar of yourself and i think that's really important that we point out uh one thing i don't know how familiar you are with the abortion situation in mexico um being in the states but are you familiar with uh what's going on in mexico with abortion and this is are they having the same issues as the states or is it worse is it better what's going on over there yes yeah i'm very familiar so uh, just a quick quick date uh on October 3rd of 2017, I got fired. And this year, on my fourth anniversary, I got to celebrate with Mexico City marching with uh, over 500,000 people in my hometown city um, for life and for women. Why? Because the Supreme Court pulled a Roe versus Wade, the Mexican way, which he was despenalizing abortion. That's what they say, despenalizing. We didn't legalize it. It's the same thing, right? Why? Because when you despenalize abortion, you're allowing the doctors to perform these abortions that they were already being done illegally, the same doctors, the same back alley abortions will be happening with a license now, right? And they will be taxed by the government, right? Win-win scenario, right? So how is that concern us on the states, right? Why? Because I'm accusing a doctor that it's just two hours away from the border from Arizona to Sonora, Mexico, which is Nogales, right? Um, I mean, it will take nothing for him to cross the border and open a clinic and start performing abortions. Who can complain about him? I mean, a Mexican, it hurts me to say this, but Mexico it is one of the most corrupted countries in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are Mexican, you know that with money, you can get almost anything, right? Uh, so can you imagine what people will have seen there and stay quiet? I mean, just here, you know, I lasted 10 months as the abortion director. And I saw enough in those 10 months, only 10 months it took for me as an abortion director, you know, that to see what I couldn't see when I was just in non-abortion clinic. I don't know how people last longer than that and stay quiet. You know, when people call me courageous, I always wonder why I did the right thing, right? Speaking up should not be a choice. It's an obligation. I like to say that all the time because to me, that's what it was. Speaking up was not a choice. I was obligated to speak up, speak up for women, speak up for the unborn, and speak up for the, the business of Plan Parenthood, because that's what I call it. And that's what's happening in Mexico. Plan Parenthood had a business plan since 2007, and that's to expand their business in every border town city with our country. Why? Because if things get harder here like they did in Texas, they open a clinic at the border, and our kids will go there. So what should we say to people? All right, we're going to leave it there. Praise be to God. Uh, Myra Rodriguez, a whistleblower, Planned Parenthood. Now, we did send that out to all the CDT insiders. So you have the entire interview and 
and it was a great interview. If you'd like that again, and you don't, you're not on the CDT Insider list. Well, can I encourage you to join our CDT Insider list? First of all, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and uh, sign up to the CDT Insider list. When you do, by the way, you immediately, it only takes a moment, and you immediately get uh, a talk in your inbox by Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy, and it's a powerful 30-minute presentation on the state of the church, where we're going, what we need to do, uh, how, uh, how we can live in a state of holiness that'll have an impact on society around us. And so that's uh, just a thank you for signing up to the CDT Insider email list. So go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Sign up to the email. I send the emails out generally every Thursday. So I, I do harass the email list at least once a week, sometimes two, but mostly just once. And I love to send extra content to them. Uh, just to thank them for being a part of our insider crew. So again, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT or pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's text GRN, those letters, to the number 42828. That'll also get you on to the CDT insider email list as well and send that uh, Father Bill Casey talk into your inbox, and I'll send you the the, the complete interview by Myra uh, tomorrow evening, in addition to some other cool piece of content that I have planned for you. All of that in the CDT Insider email list once a week. So praise be to God for that. We're going to go to a break. For those of you that can join us next hour, we are looking forward to hanging out with you and playing the game show, and prizes are at stake. You could win, so tune in for that. Otherwise, we'll see you back here at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. My Protestant friends say the Catholic Church has added a lot of man-made traditions to the Word of God. Is that true? No, it's not true. Protestants go by the written Word of God alone or sacred scripture alone. Catholics go by the entire Word of God as it is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. All of the Word of God was originally passed down as oral tradition. Eventually, some of it was written down. This became sacred scripture or written tradition. However, scripture itself tells us that not all the things that Jesus said and did were written down. That's where sacred tradition comes in. Paul says this about tradition. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Traditions taught by word of mouth and traditions taught by letter. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. In 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul commends them for maintaining the traditions as he has delivered them. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. And what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is an instance in scripture of Paul commanding the passing on of oral tradition. 
1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. They received as the word of God that which they heard, not simply that which they read in Scripture. In other words, the Bible clearly supports the Catholic Church's teaching that the word of God is contained in both sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. We're going to have a great hour this hour, and by the grace of God, we're going to have a lot of fun. Plus, an inspirational story is headed your way. We always cover the tricky news in the first hour, and in the uh, second hour, we like to have a little bit more fun, a little bit lighter fare, praise be to God. So I have a good news story for you. We do have a saint of the day, and uh, there is a correlation between the saint of the day and the good news. Totally unplanned. It was a Holy Ghost moment, praise be to God. And then, of course, we'll have the gospel, uh, a little reflection, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? And then, of course, the Fear and Trembling Game Show, where you, my dear listener, might be able to win some prizes. Praise be to God. Your chances of getting in on it anyway are coming up at 15 past the hour. It's going to be a great show in spite of it all. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. You know what they say. What do they say? They say, uh, ain't no party like a Holy Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's uh, let's start the hour over. There let's you go. Just, let's just rewind. Oh, just no, no. It's start great. from scratch. That was it, cringe. You know, that was it's, cringeworthy. It's not, it's not despite of it all. You I did, know? How did it go again? It ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. Oh, my. Amen, brother. Father Amen. David Michael Moses out of Houston. That's what that, that was. No, that's uh, <laughs> that's every every youth conference ever growing up. <laughs> every <laughs> every Steubenville youth conference. Oh, you got uh, that from the Babylon Bee. I got that's where you got that. Uh, you wish, uh, but no, no, this is good stuff. Despite of it all, it is good to be In here. Praise be to God. Of it all. Praise be to God. Oh, before I forget, I forgot yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, David Magianis, our assistant general manager here in Houston, yeah. uh, left me this note. He was at a parish, and he said, Fans of Adrian and CDT, Alberto and Victor Hugo, Pauline is the mom. Shout out at 7 a.m. We met them at the St. Paul the Apostle Fall Festival. So thank you, Alberto and Victor and uh, Paulina, uh, mom over there, for listening in to our show. Praise (laughs) be to God. Make sure to call in sometime. Uh, look what you've done to the people in the chat. They're hanging out. They're already singing your song. It's you've, you're influence. 
you're going to have a lot to answer for. They're welcome. Adrian. They're yeah. welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, praise be to God. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. How are you today? Uh, good. I do. I do remember that song uh, really? growing up as well. So yeah. uh, definitely a generational youth ministry song that every every youth that grew up in the church yeah. Um, yeah. has and heard like, that song. Yeah, <laughs> like the early two thousands. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, before I was Catholic, uh, raised I was raised Church Ooh, of Christ. We would sing. Way back in the day, we would sing uh, on the joy bus. The joy bus would come pick us up for church, since my, my parents <laughs> didn't take me. And uh, we would sing songs all the way to church. I got the joy, joy, joy Oh yeah, down that's in my heart. Do you guys classic, still sing that? Classic VBS. Cla- yeah. Classic VBS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where? Down in my heart. The ancient tradition of vacation Bible school. <laughs> the ancient tradition of VBS. I have a friend, a novice brother. He would he always laughed. He would talk about the ancient tradi- American traditions. And he'd be like, yeah, they talk about the ancient. Uh, American manuscripts and it's like 100 years old 200 years old <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's right uh, so my grandfather wrote that what are you talking about yeah, right. exactly, I, want, exactly. I wonder what young people are singing nowadays I don't uh, I don't think uh, the Holy Ghost song is as pretty hip pretty sure it's not <laughs> as hip yeah for sure alright well anyway we're going to have a great show for you we're going to pray and get started with uh, some good news for you this morning Saint of the Day Gospel Day then our game show Fear and Trembling and if you are able to In the second half of this hour, we would love to hang out with you and chat with you personally on one of our live video feeds. We comment and uh, and talk to you and interact with you there. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, odyssey.com, or or .com, right? Odyssey.com. And just on our website, you can just go straight to our website, grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. And you can watch and comment there as well. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now some good news for you. Coming out of LifeSite News, praise be to God, Irish men launch public rosary crusade in reparation for abortion and end to COVID tyranny. Irish men are taking up the mantle of witnessing to the Catholic faith in public by praying the rosary in several towns and cities around the island. The men's public rosary started last month in Derry, Northern Ireland, with organizers setting out to honor Our Lady by completing the five First Saturday devotions in reparation for abortion and asking God to end the growing COVID tyranny seen throughout the Ireland. Speaking to LifeSite News, Patrick McChrystal of Human Life International said, Men will pray in the five main towns of Northern Ireland in the coming months, and he expects towns in the Republic of Ireland will soon follow suit. Quote, The men's public rosary of reparation and repentance was inspired by seeing a photo of hundreds of Polish men on their knees in rosary and repentance. Um, McChrystal said, he goes on to say, quote, we put it out on social media and the response was tremendous. 
We had 80 men showing up, praying on their knees. Many passers-by joined us, McChrystal continued. Our idea is to do the five main towns of Northern Ireland and then let the men of the Republic of Ireland take it from there. We would like to see it spread across all of Ireland, then across the world. In fact, the initiative reached Lebanon, Philippines, the Spanish-speaking world, and the Arabic-speaking world, he added. There were also gatherings in Brazil and Poland for the first Saturday devotion at the beginning of this month, with Catholics in Spain, Colombia, and other countries now planning to replicate the public rosary being offered by these groups. Devotion to Our Lady appears to be growing once again in Ireland with groups like the Irish Society for Christian Civilization uh, holding public rosaries. The country has now had a great opportunity to re-enkindle its fire, its love for Holy Mother Church, the faith, and especially Our Lady. And that is your good news for today. The saint of the day is St. Audrin of Iona. He was born around the year 500, and the Latinization of his name is Audrin. He served as abbot of the Irish monastery of Tyfarnham in Maith and founded another abbey at Latterog in the county of Tipperary. Although little is known about his life, he is described as noble and without sin. He was later to leave Ireland with 11 others to, to accompany the Irish missionary priest St. Columba on his sea journey to the Scottish island of Iona, where the latter subsequently founded the renowned Iona monastic colony. Shortly after their arrival, Otterin sensed his own death drawing near and predicted that he would be the first monk to die on the island. Upon hearing this, Columba, thinking ahead to his own death, replied, Whoever makes a request at my burial place shall not get it until he prays to you as well. After taking leave of Otterin and giving him his blessing, Columba stepped outside where he experienced a vision of angels battling with demons as the soul of his friend Otterin was born to heaven. Columba learned that Otterin had in fact died just then. Iona's cemetery grew around Otterin's burial plot. He died in 548. St. Otterin of Iona, pray for us. You know, fascinating fact, Iona is right across, I mean literally right across from Duart Castle, the castle of the clan MacLean. True story. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then you will stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. And he will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Yes. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, Many very fervent at the beginning afterwards grow lukewarm. And many, though at first frozen, have suddenly glowed with virtue. Many who in this world were contemned have received glory in the next, condemned and then received glory in the next, while others in honor amongst men have passed to eternal torments. Hell is real, and people end up there. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so Cornus Lapide had a little bit to say about this. He says, you know, here's the question. They ask our Lord. What did he ask? They said, Lord, are there few that be saved? And what does Christ say? He's, and uh, Cornus Lapide says, go look at Matthew seven fourteen. What does he say there? He says, quote, how narrow is the gate and straight is the way that leadeth to life, and few there are that find it. Now, the important thing to note here is that he says, few there are that find it. Not that find eternal life, but find the narrow way that leadeth to life. So he's saying that not only do few people end up in heaven, but very few people even find the path to get to eternal life. Now think about that for a second. That's mind blowing. Cornelius Lapide goes on and says, you know, this was predicted by Isaiah and, and chapter 10 and verse 24, when in chapter 10, verse 22, he says, for if thy people, O Israel, shall be as the sand of the sea, a remnant of them shall be converted and the consumption of bridge shall overflow with justice. And again, in chapter 24, uh, verse 13, he says, For it shall be thus in the midst of the earth, in the midst of the people, as if a few olives that remain should be shaken out of the olive tree or grapes when the vintage is ended. Meaning, like if you grabbed a tree, and I think about an apple tree, if you grabbed an apple tree and you just shook it around and all the apples fell down, all the ones that don't fall down, those are the ones that are saved according to Cornelius Lapide. And he goes on to talk further about this. He says, St. Augustine said, so men have lived, so they have died, so they die. Of these opinions I have shown, which is the true one on St. James 2.13. So he says, go check out my commentary on James. And I'm like, darn, it's not in English yet. It's only in Latin. So someone needs to go over there and translate it so I can read it. And he says, mercy rejoiceth against judgment, the judgment of St. Chrysostom. He says, quote, who numbered 100,000 or more is formidable. In our city, he says, among so many thousand, scarcely can 100 be found who will be saved. For in the youngers is great wickedness, and in the elders, deadness. And St. Augustine compares the church to a threshing floor on which there is much more chaff than grain, more reprobate than elect. It is very clear that all the fathers in the church had spoken extensively about the fewness of the saved. And uh, maybe uh, we should do for extra content. I'm thinking uh, maybe I'll read the commentary or the homily by uh, St. Leonard of Port Maurice on the fewness of the saved. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Let's do that. Praise be to God. St. Cyril of Alexandria says, This refers to the Israelites who, according to the practice of their law, when offering victims to God, eat and are, and are merry. They heard also in the synagogues the books of Moses, who in, the, in, in his writing delivered not his own words, but the words of God. So they ate and drank, they heard the teaching, and they rejected, and that's the problem. And who came from the east and the west, north and south? Gentiles, called out of their own paganism, called into the truth, which, is mean, which reminds us to reject Reject that old paganism. Reject it because it is contrary to the truth that Christ calls us to in 
the eternal reward will not include that. So let's leave that behind. Let's embrace the Lord and let's step forward in hopes of entering the narrow gate. All right, we're going to go to a break and we're going to play our game. Fear and trembling, praise be to God. And we need a caller on the line so you could be that caller. Phone lines are open right now. If you've never played before, what an opportunity. The uh, questions you don't even need to know answers to to win. That's coming up next. All you got to do is call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's 877 877- 757 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. Fear and trembling is coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But what we need most right now is a caller on the line to play the game. And if you tried calling a minute ago, well, Brother Adrian rebooted the system, so he probably kicked you off. So, mea culpa. But it's open now, and you can call right now at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now, 877 757 
888-528-2424. But here is the deal. While we wait for the phone lines to light up, there are three Catholic trivia questions before me. And uh, the kicker is I don't ask the caller the question. So the caller might not even know a single correct answer and still win the game. It's that much fun. It's that easy. Uh, all you got to do is decide who is trickier. That's it. Because I'm going to ask Janice and I'm going to ask Adrian, and one of them will be right. The other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds to make a decision. Every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence. Praise be to God. But here's the thing. I do have a bit of an agenda going on. Okay, so it's just some behind-the-scenes insider baseball kind of stuff where I secretly like to teach the faith. Just do me a favor. Do not tell anybody I said this. Okay, keep this between us. But I like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something. Praise God. We like to have a laugh and fun, and our callers tend to be a great time. They're good sports. They laugh with us. We really like that. And then we give out prizes, which makes it even more fun for everybody involved. And this week, we have to thank St. Shanary for their generous gift of giving us a prize to give away to one of you. Praise be to Jesus. St. Shanary is on Instagram. They're also on Etsy. You can find them there at St. Shanary. That's Saint.ishanary. Like, like uh, what is it? Uh, stationary. But instead of stationary, it's St. Shanary. Think of it that way. Spell it that way, too. You can find them again on Instagram and on Etsy. But they are giving us a, uh, a sort of a prize pack of six cards with images and depictions of the visitation. And uh, they're blank inside so that you can personalize these cards. And they come with five by seven high quality cardstock and A7 brown craft envelopes. So you can use these for, for just thank yous or well wishes or Christmas or birthdays or what have you. But uh, thank you, St. Shanary for your generous gift this week, and we'll pull out the prize on Friday. Praise be to God. All right. Uh, we did get some calls. Thank you for doing that. We love it when the calls come in. Call back tomorrow if you don't get in, but let's go to the phones. Stacy, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Stacy. where are you calling from? San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas. I, I, it's a hot contest between Dallas and San Antonio for the number of the volume of calls that come in during the game show. Now, Are we going to ask about Judson? Yes. Okay. You have to dispel a rumor that Adrian is spreading. Uh, he's, he's spreading a hot rumor here, Stacy. You, of course, are well aware of the mighty Judson Rockets, correct? I am aware of them, yes. Praise be to God. And you're a big fan, I, I imagine. She's aware of them because you talk about them on the show. Um. You're, it's the greatest football team on the planet, right, Stacy? I mean, you can agree to that, correct? Well, I'm not sure because the mighty Rohawks are right down the road, and we like them a lot. The who, <laughs> there the you who? go. The Rohawks? I've never even the heard of the, the Rohawks. I've heard of Madison and, See, and Lee. Sounds more popular I've than Judson, to Alamo be honest. Alamo Heights. Who are the Rohawks? Can anything good come from the Rohawks, Stacy? Well, they're on the Air Force Base, so they're pretty mighty. Oh, hey. Randolph Air Force Base. I forgot. Yeah. Praise be Ouch. to God. <laughs> All right, Stacey, you must, you must be familiar with the, the show then and the rules. Do you, uh, do you have an opinion of trickiness for Janice or Adrian? Uh, I don't know. I need to consult my daughter. <laughs> very wise and very astute uh, that's why she's a rohawk i imagine uh all right so we're, we're gonna play the game we have uh, these three questions we're gonna jump into it are you ready to go stacy yes we are all right janice we will start with you as is our custom are you ready yes mm -hmm. are you sure yes 
Are you sure? Yes. Uh, Janice, yes. can you tell me, when did Our Lady of Guadalupe appear? Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared in the 15th century, so that was 1517. That'd be um, the 16th century. Mm, yes. Mm, <laughs> uh, the exact year is 1517. Is it? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, Adrian. Can you tell me uh, what year did Our Lady of Guadalupe appear? Yes, that would be 1492. Um, okay. Which would be the 15th century. Um, are you sure? I'm pretty sure. All right, so Stacy, I'm going to help you out here. Now, I'm going to give you a third option. Uh, is Janice correct with 1517? Is Adrian correct with, what did you say, 1572? 1492. 1492. Uh, or a third option would be both are completely wrong. What say you, Stacy? I'm going to go with the both completely wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> Survey says. Yes, of course. It was 1531 is the correct answer. Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared in 1531, neither 1517 nor in 1492 when the ocean was uh, being sailed by Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Yeah, praise be to God. Stacey, you are correct. I, she doesn't get the bell? I guess so. She gets the bell. She gets the bell. Well done, Stacey. You, you, uh, there's a tricky question. You see how they are? They throw the curveballs in today. They, they, they pulled a CDT first on you, and you didn't fall for it. God is very good. <laughs> you are in the coffee cup of divine providence, Stacey. How do you feel? Woohoo! Praise be to Jesus. All right. We're going to see if we can't double your impact for the glory of God and the salvation of souls and prizes that are at stake. Let's go with Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me? Uh oh. Who is the only saint whose birthday is observed as a feast day besides Mary? Um, hmm. Only saint whose birthday is observed as a feast day other than Our Lady. I'm going to go with St. Thomas Aquinas. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. Huh. Okay. Okay. Janice, let's try you. Can you tell me who is the only saint whose birthday is observed as a feast day besides Our Lady? So I'm pretty confident in this one because okay. mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. birthday of St. John the Baptist is also the birthday of my husband. Really? Yes. So John the Baptist is the patron of my husband. So they share the same birthday. Wow. Okay. So... <laughs> Stacy, here's the deal. Uh, Janice seems to think it's St. John the Baptist, uh, or Adrian seems to think it's St. Thomas. You said Aquinas, right, Adrian? Yes, correct. St. Thomas Aquinas. So is it Aquinas? Is it the Baptist? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Stacy, what say you? We're going to go with Janice. Survey says... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it because that did they make it a feast day because of your husband's birthday? Is that what you're suggesting, Janice? No, that John like, the Baptist adopted him and made him be born on that day. Is that what happened? <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> oh well, praise be to God. You are in for two. I think we can get a, a perfect score today though. But I'm gonna be honest with you, Stacy. Uh th it's my job to help you, and uh this is the trickiest of all three questions. It's the easiest one. Yeah. Is it? Easy. I don't know. <laughs> easiest question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go to Janice. Janice, can you tell me? The attempt to obtain a dispensation under false pretense is called what? 
That would have to be an accusation. An accusation. Mm-hmm. Sounds legal. Okay. Hmm. Let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me the attempt to obtain a dispensation under false pretense is called what? Yes, that would be called an obreption. Gesundheit. Thank you. Now, what's your answer? Obreption. Gesundheit. No, seriously, can you give me the yeah, answer? That's the answer. That's, that's, that's the answer. Oh, what'd you say? Obreption. Oh, I've never heard obreption. that. I think, I think Adrian's making that word up. You think so? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, this is a tricky it's a possibility. one. So here's the deal, Stacy. The attempt to obtain a dispensation under false pretense, Adrian seems to think it's called obreption, whereas Janice says it's an accusation. Hmm. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Stacy, what say you? We're going to go with Adrian for creativity, at least. <laughs> Adrian for creativity. Oh. You got it. You got it. Stacy, are you an attorney? I mean, let's be honest. You can navigate the trickiness like a pro. I mean, you did not publicly admit that he was right, and still you chose him. I'm very impressed, <laughs> Stacy. Very impressed today. Praise be to God. Obreption. That was a hard one, Adrian. How did you find that? Oh, obreption. You know, that's the uh, trying to attain from Ecclesiastes or sovereign authorities. If you try to obtain favor from the church authorities or from sovereign authorities by false pretenses, that is obreption. Amazing. There did you, you learn something today, Stacy? I learn something new every day from you all. Oh, praise be to <laughs> praise God. Be to at God. least someone does. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to God that you get at least to be close to the mighty Judson Rockets. Yeah, uh, if you don't get to go there personally, anyway. <laughs> I'm only teasing. Three perfect uh, questions, three perfect scores today. You're in the coffee cup. It might be God's will that you should win. If it is, you're going to have to tune in on Friday to see if your name comes out of that cup. But uh, good luck and God bless you. Uh, for being on our program today. We're going to put you on hold, but have a great day, Stacy. Thanks so much. God love you. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the game show. That was fun. Even if you guys tried to both get wrong answers for the first time. If you want to hear why that happened, uh, tune into the after show. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> ah. All right. We're going to have a great time in the after show today. We're going to uh, relive old church songs as kids. We're going to talk about movies and food or Anything you want to talk about, you got to hang out with us on a live video feed, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Oh my, do you you see what I have to deal with every day? I mean, how many Catholics does it take to remember the year Our Lady Guadalupe appeared and converted, began the process of converting millions of people into the Holy Church at a time when millions were leaving the church over in Europe? Adrian, 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 what have you done? Yeah, so <laughs> so the, what happened was 
This is very awkward. So what happened was he was I was looking at I say he referred to myself. I, my brain's not working, obviously. Um, so I was writing down the card I, and the answer was 1500s. And so I wasn't asking for a specific year. But in my brain, I was thinking Protestant Revolution. And so I wrote 1517 because that's the year Martin Luther nailed the 95 thesis on Wittenberg uh, Chapel. And so I wrote down 1517. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, that's fun. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, you know, it was bad enough. I tease our contestants so badly with about the high school thing. Yeah, you know that it was. I had to save face, so that was awkward. I gave her an out. I, I mean, there's nothing else you could have done at that point. <laughs> that was like that was, that was pretty bad. It's it like, what was the year? Is it was it the Protestant Revolution, or was it the year that Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean like, blue? Like, what are you guys doing? Oh, that's to that's me? all you got. That's all you what got. You, I'm it's, like, it's pretty bad. I, so. I, I I actually was I was trying to reread the question. I'm like, am I missing something? Like, maybe <laughs> it was asking me some sort of nuanced thing that 1517 no, becomes the correct mm, answer. Not at so all. So I'm like rereading it in my mind, going. No, that's that's just that's straight just not up. wrong. That's, that's just, not right. <laughs> so I yeah. even googled it just to make sure that my mind wasn't playing tricks yeah. on me. And I'm like, even Wikipedia disagrees with you. That was you. very awkward. <laughs> you <know>? uh, <laughs> so yeah, whoops, oops. Clarissa says, question for Adrian: Do you know why January 28th was chosen for St. Thomas Aquinas's feast day? Uh, so actually, it w- so it's kind of complicated. But long story short of it, his. Um, Feast day was moved. So in the old calendar and in the Dominican calendar, his feast day is still the same uh, as it was before, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is March 7th, if I'm not mistaken. It's like right around my birthday. That's just why I remember. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, March 7th. And so they changed it to January 28th because they wanted to – they had a saint that they wanted to put there. And they're like, so what do we do with Thomas? Well, let's move him. And so they just moved him over to a different date. Uh, the justification for choosing the 28th, uh, so this is all what the, happening when they created the new calendar. Uh, so a lot of feast days got shifted around. So like the Feast of Christ the King is actually this Sunday, but on the new calendar, I think it's like, I, I forget when it is. It's not on Sunday. But the uh, they changed it to 28th because the uh, the reasoning is that's the day they moved his body uh, to a bigger church. Uh, not really... Uh, a great reason to move a feast day, but because yeah, he died on March seventh. So yeah. there you go. There you go. That's the answer. Uh, Tammy uh, again, very astute, very wise, uh, very uh, brilliant. Uh, brings up a great point here. She's looking for a little balance. Ah, the horns of the apocalypse. <clears throat> it used to be, by the way. The way we would recognize new commenters. That was never the way. It was the preferred method we never did of that. saying, welcome to the community Not once. Uh, for commenting <laughs> for the first time. He's making things up. Nope. Uh, the horns of the apocalypse, the ultimate gift of charity not true. to the world. Ultimate act of justice. <laughs> Which is charity. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> Uh, Chris said, Facebook just notified me that my comment about the procession of relics in Catholicism 1-1 from yesterday's show goes against their community standards. It's I did not realize conversing with Adrian about Our Lady's Veil was offensive. Yeah. yeah. Wait until you hear Joe's story. Yeah, same thing, Chris. I just got a notice from Facebook that said uh, that I violated community standards with my comment well, hold as on well. dude hold on okay. joe so, said something very yeah very offensive uh, I, yeah it i i cried when i heard i 
have I've got to go to confession. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to admit this publicly. Okay. So what happened was, let me just explain a little bit of the backstory before I tell you what my comment was. Okay. So yesterday, uh, somebody, and I can't remember if it was Sonia or Luz or it was somebody on Facebook. They said, good morning, but they said it in Espanol. They said, buenos dias. Okay. Okay. They said, buenos dias. And I guess that triggered me. I mean, I, I he went I, off. I, I'm Joe getting, <laughs> went off. I'm getting a little teared up just thinking about what happened. So, buenos dias. And so I, I immediately went in for the response. Okay. You know how you can't resist, right? When you see someone say something online and you're like, I have got to say something. I just can't keep scrolling. So I went in and I replied to their comment and I said, you ready? Guten Morgen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I couldn't, I could not resist. I was, I was tempted and I, I fell prey. I feel like Adam, you know, uh, who's blaming Eve for all of his trouble. And then eventually God, like it's your, your fault. You gave her to me. Okay. None of this would happen if you hadn't given her to me. Well, I kind of feel like that now. Like it's somebody else's fault really, but I'll admit to it anyway. There you go, folks. Guten Morgen, which happens to be German for good morning. And I have apparently violated community standards uh, for spam on Facebook. Well, there you go, folks. There, there you go. <laughs> uh, Clarissa said, that's interesting. I figured you would know January 28th is my birthday. For a second there during the game show, I got excited that maybe I had the same birthday as him. <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, we actually don't know when St. Thomas Aquinas was born. Yeah. Unfortunately, we know what year he was born. I believe it was 1226, uh, but we don't know his birthday, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. David L., I have to tell you, I'm very impressed that your first comment for the day was not, uh, was not about the Astros. Um, you know, so <sighs> obviously you're not holding on to bitterness. Praise be to God. I am. Just because they, uh, you know, came back and destroyed the Boston Red Sox does not mean you should hold on to bitterness and relish in the fact they lost their first game in the World Series. How did the game? I didn't I didn't pay attention. I didn't read a single headline, nothing. I watched the first uh, five innings, and uh, then I went to bed. I was so upset. Me and my roommates, we got pizza from H-E-B, which... I'll be honest, the pizza at H-E-B is not that good. Little, no. Little Caesars is you better. didn't see, don't Little say. Ce- let me just put it. Th- didn't like, see that si- coming. Si- slight sidetrack. Little Caesars is $5 a pizza. The H-E-B pizza was $10 a pizza. And the Little Caesars pizza tastes better. Just, pizza, I'm just, gonna, pizza, just throwing it out there. I'm just pizza, throwing that pizza. out there. How many of you guys remember uh, Little Caesars used to sell uh, on a long tray? You'd get both pizzas on one long tray wrapped in giant paper. How many people remember that? Just raise your hand if you remember that. Pizza, pizza. It's, it's come a long way. The uh, the game was it was uh, it's pretty bad actually. On, it was actually bad all around. I, that, that's so bad. They, they were missing uh, easy passes. They were uh, not hitting anything. They were the pitchers, multiple pitchers were doing incredibly mediocre. It was just not good. It was just not good. I was very upset. Well. It's only for game one. Yeah. They got a long way to go. Yeah, that's true. But we'll see. I'm not going to watch all the games. We'll see which ones they watch, which ones they don't. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see what else is going on here. Christopher Chance says, the only other time Facebook notified me 
about violating community standards is when I shared a picture of an abortion ad in Canada. They, fi- they filed it as false information when I pointed out that the picture was espousing eugenics openly. You know, wow. That at least makes sense. Like, I get that they disagree about abortion and, and that kind of thing. So but I can understand why they would, uh, you know, try to uh, su- suppress that. But Guten Morgen or even your comment yesterday about Catholicism 101. I mean, this, something's wrong yeah, with, the, wild. with the algorithm. I am Sci-Fi Mike. Or sorry, Mike says, "Guten Morgen, Weigait Eis Ein Eis Non Es Do." Gesundheit. What did you so say? There you go. What I was don't, that? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Hopefully, I didn't say anything offensive. Uh, probably did. We're probably gonna get flagged in about ten seconds. Weigait Eis Einen. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I am Sci-Fi Mike said. I also remember Little Caesars being sold at Kmart. Therefore, I've never had it. <laughs> well, there you go. Colin said, listening while at work. God bless, guys. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Uh, what else is going on out there? Let's see. Uh, Lucia says, it would be amazing if we could tell Facebook where to go with their fact checkers and community standards. Right now, I don't think there is a way to do that, is there? No, Let not, me know if you find one. Not really. Michelle, good morning go to you. Facebook. Praise be to God. Let's go, Facebook. Let's go. That should be a song that trends on number one on the charts. Wouldn't that be amazing? And number two. And number two. Uh, praise be to God. Colin, did you happen to catch? I'm curious, Colin. Did you happen to catch uh, Brother Adrian's uh, Saint of the Day? And I'd, I'd love to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how you think he did with the Irish names and locations. That's why I use Latinization of it. Mm, I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Very tricky. Mm-hmm. Very tricky. Yes, fascinating fact. Directly across from uh, the church in Iona is Duart Castle, the, the, the seat, the home of Clan McLean. Uh, someday, my father's been there. Uh, my sister's been there. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go, uh, but with vaccine mandates, it looks like I'll probably never get to go. But God's will be done in all things. It would be amazing to go someday. We might get uh, Father um, George Elliott on the show. I'm texting him right now. He um, is a priest in the diocese of Tyler, Texas, and he just wrote a book. Um, and the the book, I mean, it's it's kind of a well-worn topic so it's um the topic is the eucharistic miracles and so that's there's a lot of books on that topic um and he wrote it with Stace, dr stacy trisankos who we've had on the show i think did we have banned. her on twice or she once? got banned yeah her show got banned yeah. i think we had her on twice i did post that conversation on, on well yeah but also it's on our website so i have a mm, list of right. i have a list shows. of videos that have been banned off of youtube you can go there and see them yeah and then the foreword was written by uh bishop strickland and the I'm like, man, some heavy hitters there. And yeah. the uh, father, George Elliott, is actually the priest who took me through the crucible uh, when we went to Arkansas and walked for a marathon. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and like literally, up. we, we walked, walked up, walked up for, for a marathon. We climbed marathon. mountains for a marathon yeah. and uh, over a weekend. And so he's the priest that did that. And um, Steve Cunningham reached out to me. He's like, hey, would you be interested in having an interview on this book? And I was like, hey. <laughs> I know that priest, and apparently, I didn't know this, he has his, uh, his sacred theological doctrine from Rome, and I was like, what? And he's a super cool guy. He was in the uh, Air Force Special Forces. Uh, he was training for that before he left to join the seminary, and he's a very cool guy, very athletic, very smart, 
Uh, so we might have them on in a few weeks. I told him, hey, let's look for a good Eucharistic feast day mm-hmm. and we'll have him on then. Because his, he, uh, Dr. Stacey Trusankos wrote about the the medical aspect of it and like the miracle part of it. Whereas he wrote about the, uh, like, like theologically, like what's up with the whole Eucharistic miracles thing. So we always hit up on the, how cool the Eucharistic miracles are, what's going on, the type, blood type, things like that. But we never actually talk about like, what are the theological implications <laughs> Behind this, yeah, so like that's the what feast we're day of about. Corpus Christi, for instance. Yeah, might do that. That's a good. That's Praise a good day to God. do it. What's Praise the name of his book again? I don't have it memorized. I have to go pull it up. But his uh, his name. What's his name again? Is Father uh, George Elliot. George yep. Elliot. Interesting. Yep, yep. Um, sci-fi Mike says uh, we should sneak, build a boat, and sneak into Ireland. That'd be super cool, wouldn't it? Go ahead. I'll go I mean, the, the day CFP. may come. The day may come when we may have to do that again. We have to sneak in the middle of the night to, uh, to, to reconquista. Well, if I ever sneak into Ireland, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go door to door and I'm gonna tell everyone, every single person that. Come on, man. Is that what you're going to do? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, we got the joy, joy, joy down in our heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. Amen to that. Um, Fascinating fact, you know, about Scotland. Going back to Scotland, I'm just thinking about that for a second. Uh, The Clan McLean was notoriously Catholic. They they supported the, the, they were Jacobites, right? They supported the, the Stuart line and the Catholic line. And um, now, unfortunately, Scotland's pretty much lost. It's not only not Catholic; it's really not even Christian anymore. It, I mean, there's still a there's still a tradition of being anti-Catholic, Calvinist there, Presbyterian. But in m- most ways, it's really just agnostic and atheist. They're they're secular humanists. So the opportunity for evangelization is ripe for the picking in places like Ireland or Scotland. Colin said I did a great job. The good news is, the good news is TFP is there. Amen. And they're doing some incredible work. They're the guys behind the the rosary rally mm-hmm. that we use the good news on today. And Colin the, said you did a good job. Yes. Yeah, so Colin no. said yes, I did Colin. it. I did. It was awesome. Well done, Adrian. Saint Columba founded the city of Derry, North Ireland. It's funny as that's the city the guy Derry. who is starting the rosary uh, rosary crusade is from. Awesome job, Adrian. Thank you very much, Colin. And yeah, the the brother of one of the TFP members in Ireland, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, he's actually the one who made me my rosary when I joined the Dominicans. That's neat. Yep. Praise be to God. I have a confession to make, Colin. Uh-oh. I kind of like the High Kings. I like listening to the High Kings. Uh-oh. Is that, should I go to confession? I'm just curious. What do you think, Colin? Hmm, you ever listen to the High Kings? I listen to the High Kings sometimes. My kids kind of like the High Kings, too. But there's some songs there, like some of those Irish drinking songs. Can't do it. Gotta pass. Well, that's why you should just listen to the TFP music, because it's not Irish, but it has a lot of bagpipes. <laughs> it's got a high bagpipe to lyric ratio. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> hey, they even have some uh, songs oh, on uh, TFP South YouTube channel that are just uh, bagpipe. Uh, like, there's no lyrics. It's just uh, songs. Um, with the back played by bagpipes, so pretty good. Yeah, yeah man. Praise be to God. Yep, yep. Oh, let's see here. Someone asked earlier, uh, "What about the movie Purgatory?" Um, let's see who asked that. Was that who was that asked that a question? Somebody asked about Purgatory. Oh, yes, yes, Giselle. Praise be to God. So, who has watched the movie Purgatory? Raise your hand. I'm just curious. You saw it? 
No, I haven't. Oh, I'm just asking you, them to oh, raise their hand. I thought you were raising. How your many hand? people don't like having their hands raised in public? Raise how your can hand. how can you see their hands? <laughs> um, they, they actually in the comments, some people actually do put up their hands. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Erica, Erica, <laughs> um, you've seen Purgatory, so none of us three have seen it, correct? Nope. I did read a review of Purgatory off of Catholic World Report. Um, I can tell you what that said. But I haven't seen it myself. Erica, if you said seen it, and if so, what did you think? So let us know. If you've seen Purgatory, let us know what you think about it. <clears throat> Sci-Fi Mike says, okay, now, hold on, what's he say? Mike is responding. First, let me read Mike. He says, Joe McClain, if you really want to offend them, you could say, uh, Grusgott. I think that's how you say that, correct? It's been a long time since I spoke German. We lived in Germany. My dad was stationed there in the army, but I don't speak German. I never spoke German fluently, and it's been a long time. It means God bless you. Does it? Is it Gruß? Is that how you say that correctly? Gruß Gott. God bless you. But it is in German, so it must be evil. <laughs> Not very woke for Facebook, but very based. But very based. Oh, Sci-Fi Mike says, this is okay, great. This is okay now I'm saying it. I went into the weekend with a. What is that? Megan Ma- Trainer song? A, a Megan Trainer song in my head. Who is Megan Trainer? Some uh, pop singer. Is it really? Yeah. It's a girl. Sci fi Mike listens to pop hey, singers. Keep reading. What? You have to he it. says, by the, middle, by the middle, I had Jesus as a friend of mine. <laughs> Jesus saves me again. At least I got, I got a laugh at, at Adrian. You're very welcome, Mr. <laughs> Sci-Fi Knight. Gruscott uh, saved your life. Gruscott, according to Mike, is perfect. Well, praise be to God from your lips to God's ears. There you go. Mike. Perfect. That was good. You're welcome. See, if you ever have a <laughs> Megan Trainer song stuck in your head, just think to yourself, hmm, hmm, Jesus is a friend of mine, and you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I Megan pretty much Trainor. only think I know, of I don't know anything, anything about Megan Trainer. Yeah, so that's probably better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretty much exclusively listen to the TFP music nowadays. That, chant, and then occasionally I listen to old country music. Sea um, shanties. You, you, you sing sea shanties. No, yeah. I sing one sea shanty that keeps popping in my head. If you sing time. one, you sing them all. I don't know any other ones, so uh-huh. I can't. So. Uh, my mother told me. That's a know. horrible Viking song, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's about murder and mayhem. Mm. No say. Yeah, it's a bad oh, thing. Modest is hottest. That one too. Oh yeah, that's right. That I one. forgot about that. Janice, what songs cringy, do you sing? The cringy song. Uh, what songs do I sing? Yeah. Um, when no one's looking, what do you <laughs> sing? I well, I like to listen to a lot of like indie acoustic music. Yeah. Um, I love acoustic like I do too. indie indie music. That's like my favorite. Is that music from India? No, 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 no. no. Indie is like um, independent. Like independent, not it's like labels. A, not labeled music. So a lot of like, um, yeah, like uh, acoustic, um, modern, like modern folk. That's what I love. Modern folk music. I, you know, like I, the oh hello. Have you ever heard of the oh hellos? No. Um, they're yeah, they're actually. I think they're some of their members are Catholic, but most of, I think they're Christian, but they don't. They're not like explicitly Christian music, but they. They use a lot of philosophy in their lyrics, and they talk about like Plato and Aristotle, and they oh, talk about uh, Genesis. And there's a song um, called "Like the Dawn," where it talks about um, like the man and the woman. Yeah, like "Like the Dawn" is my favorite song. This one is called "Soldier Poet King." Uh, yes, yeah, so have you listened oh, yeah, to the that's lyrics? Very Plato. 
It's yeah. very Play-Doh. Soldier poet king. Okay, that's enough. You're going to give me a copyright strike. Good grief. <laughs> what are you doing to me? No, but my favorite song from them is Like the Dawn. Yeah, the so Dawn. It's, it's very, um, for me, it's very peaceful. It's very calming. Um, yeah, that's the type of music I like to listen to. You know what to. Josh listens to? <laughs> you know what Josh Noel listens to? He says... Uh, Degenerate music. Oh, Josh says, Noel. I'm no. Josh Hatterson. No, that's different Josh. Josh Noel. Josh Noel says his favorite song is I Am a C. I, I Am a C H. I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, <laughs> and I was C-H-R-I-S-T, and my A-G-A-R-T, and I was L-O-V-E-E, and my, I forget the rest of that. There you go. I love that. It's good stuff. Uh, that's some good stuff right there, right there. I grew up with that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else is going on? What, so, I love instrumental music. I prefer instrumental music rather than have songs with lyrics in them. Um, but I have a hard time with, especially with these apps that deliver music. Like I use the, um, the, the YouTube music library, which because I pay for YouTube every month, I have access to as one of my benefits. And if you, it's good if you have like an artist, like I could probably listen now to this one artist and it'll play all their music for me. And that's great. But when sometimes I just want to like have it find music for me. And I find that's where it gets troubling. So I say I want, I want instrumental music that's upbeat, and like sort of inter- has some energy to it, and it just never ever delivers on the deal. So I, it's so frustrating. Y'all are listening. Y'all are trying to get music that's like you know soothing. You know, it's comforting. It's. No. Good music like that. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to. Um, <laughs> well, that sounds soothing, actually. Yeah. I, I find that soothing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. It's so good. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would consider that like folk music, too. So that, like the genre kind of, it has yeah. like the folk, like the, what does it have, like the banjo there's like no banjo. The, or like those instruments, like ukuleles and banjos, like those type of instruments, I love. Like yeah. I love hearing those well, instruments. But you know what we've they been don't. recently jamming out to? Uh, recently, we've been listening to a lot of this. Oh, I love that. That's good stuff. Now, that's folk music. That's bluegrass music to be specific. This is the, uh, Hillbilly, is Thomas. the Hillbilly Thomas. We actually interviewed them. Mm-hmm. What was Long that? Like ago. seven months or something ago? Oh, yeah. I Almost love that. a year them. ago. I, I met I met um, the lead singer. I guess really? Yeah. Of the Hillbilly Tones? Mm-hmm. Really? That's super cool. When I when I lived in DC, we went to a, a house party and he was the he was like the music for the party. That's neat. Yeah, brother Simon, I lived with him for a while. Back when I was uh, with the Dominicans, he stayed with us in the novitiate. Now, that'll actually give us a community strike. Will it? Yeah, their their music is uh, copyrighted yeah. now because they use you can get it on iTunes and stuff. Wow! So you like okay, TFP well, music? Turn that off then. <laughs> yeah, I the iTunes. Is, I mean, uh, the TFP mm. music is not copyrighted, so they have it on. Uh, so you yeah. can actually get it off of SoundCloud for free. They let you download it. Wow! Um, you can listen to it on YouTube. So that's why I play their music because they just kind of let, let people use it as they please. Yeah. Uh, but the Hillbilly Thomas, they sell their albums. And they're on iTunes, Spotify, all that jazz. Nice. Yeah. I also like a lot of Celtic music. Big into Celtic music. Welcome to Scotland. Yeah! This one's about Bonnie Prince Charlie. This one is from uh, Alistair McDonald. 
Jacobites. You got to love them. Praise be to God. Uh, Michelle Vaughn said, hey, what happened to ACAP licensing? Uh, licensing. Oh, yeah. What, ca- what, what kind of music so, did you guys listen to as a children go, oh, growing oh, up in church? Hold on. <laughs> Michelle's question about ASCAP. So there are, I think there's two or three. If I'm not mistaken, there's two or maybe three uh, licensing agencies. ASCAP is one of them. You know, it's terribly expensive. We used to actually, as an organization, we used to pay for licensing fees so we could play music during share and breaks and such like that. You know, we're talk radio format, so we don't play a lot of music. We actually have a, a show dedicated to Catholic uh, music artists uh, that plays on Saturdays called We Sing Our Faith across the GRN. Um, but we used to pay these fees. Huge money. I mean, huge money. And we're like, we can't do this. We can't take donor dollars. People giving us their monies to keep our, our doors open, lights on, Catholic radio is flowing in their communities, and then just give it all over to ASCAP. We just can't do that anymore. So we, we canceled our, 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 our account with them, and we no longer can play uh, licensing music, licensed music uh, across our networks anymore. But we do have fair use, and which means we can comment on things. We can, put, we can do parodies. And commentary and editorial on on copyrighted content, so that's what we're doing now. But uh, but it's it's a tragedy because I feel like yes, the artist is due what they're what's owed to them, but at the same time, really, like it's it's a system that feels rigged. Like you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars. It used to be back in the day, back when I went to radio broadcasting school, uh, re- record labels would beg, they would bribe radio stations to play their artists' music. But now with the digital new brave new world, you got to pay. You got to pay big, 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 big. And uh, it's a tragedy, in my opinion. I feel like it's an unbalanced system. Yep, yep. But to Janice's question, I listened to Christian pop music growing up. That's about it. Christian pop music and old country music. That's about it. Um, so Matt Moore, mm. Toby Mac. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the other artists. Matthew West, uh, Francesca Banastelli. Trying to think of who else. Uh, all all those mm. uh, Christian pop singers. I grew like up Chris Tomlin. Them. Chris Tomlin is mm. another one. What was the the lady's name? That left the Catholic faith recently? Uh, Audrey Assad. Audrey Assad. I never actually listened to Audrey Assad. She left the Catholic faith? Yeah. When was that? Recently. Recently, I yeah. Totally, a couple months ago. I totally missed that. This yeah. is why when, we shouldn't be playing uh, pop music, um, just music in general written by people who are still alive. I think her what? issue was she felt the Catholics were too judgmental. Yeah. They, they oh. were mean to gay people. Yeah. Interesting. And so where did she go? Evangelicalism. Oh, which okay. is where she was anyway, to be honest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah honestly. Interesting. <laughs> so there you go. She she uh she performed at various Catholic conferences. Uh, yeah, yep. she's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. She has a great voice. Uh Tammy says she loves Celtic women and Celtic mm-hmm. thunder. Yeah, good stuff. Praise be to God. Um, I was I'm I've always been a very eclectic person when it comes to music. Always, even when I was a kid uh, in high school, I I loved music soundtracks. Ooh, I loved. The soundtrack to Hunt for Red October, I used to jam on that. Uh, but I could also listen to uh, rock, rock and roll, heavy metal. Um, of course, rap was huge when I was you know, a young person. It became sort of mainstream, so I listened to some of that. Um, I remember going to a concert. I was just reminiscing the other day how crazy, I, uh, when I was your age, how crazy I was, Adrian. I, my wife and I went to a concert from, with Metallica and Ugh. Kid Rock. 
Ugh. Uh, one of our early dates as a couple was to the Mighty Mighty Boston's. I don't know what that is. Yeah, we talked about this. Remember, we yeah, played it. I, don't, I still don't remember. <laughs> but I remember, I remember being scandalized, though. <laughs> That's all I remember. Uh, well, that was part of our courtship, that, uh, that experience. And I don't, that re- was, I don't, I don't know it. if you can call That's that courtship. I don't regret it at all. Mighty Mighty Boston's. I don't think. Kind court. of a one-hit wonder. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if uh, you, it can count as courtship if you go see the Mighty Mighty whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that that may disqualify Does the it? definition of courtship. I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's some uh, some some rad music. It's right some there. rad music. Uh, that's that's not mighty mighty Boston's. I feel like uh, we've done this before. This what is, is it? That stuff. Uh, so it's no bueno. Is it no bueno? It's no bueno. I'm mm. trying to find the song. I can't find the song. I got. I don't have my glasses on. That's part of my problem. Right. I now. am like. Like all this degenerate music. <laughs> My roommates were trying to show me music from the 90s uh, the other day, two days ago. Yeah. And uh, two that, days we, ago. that we grew up with, he was there to showing us these songs. And I'm like, dude, I have, I've never heard of these songs. He's like, never? you never heard of Green Day? I was like, who? And he was like, Blink 183. And he's like, I Blink have no 182. idea. Blink 182. Blink 182. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I used to All listen to that too. I, one of my first radio I think I think that was more. Gigs. I think that was more millennial music, actually. The like Blink one eighty two, like I grew up with that. Uh, apparently, all my roommates grew up with it. Yeah. I, one of my first radio gigs, WHOB one hundred six point three in Nashua, was at an alter- alt rock station. This Dude, is why we got tickets to go music. to the oh Boston's concert. This is bad stuff. <laughs> bad stuff. Anyway, it. God bless you. I have no idea who's on the show tomorrow. I see a blank spot there. It's, uh, so Angelo Labuti. That's what I meant to say. Is Angelo Labuti? He's the director, right? Correct. Uh, All right. Praise be to God. We are going to have a conversation about what Biden getting communion. Yep. Tomorrow with with the the movie director. Talk about its relation to. Can we uh, talk about Alec Baldwin? I'm just curious. Uh, Sure. Mm. That'd be cool, too. Hey, good idea.